Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shaken and Disturbed. Oh, oh, you might not, might not recognize yeah. my voice, but this is Daddy Cat, Derek oh. Garth, talking to you. You might have a lower voice than I do right now. <laughs> I mean, I've always had a lower voice than you do. <laughs> I feel like I have a lower voice, but it's also like teenage boy, like cracking yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. it's. It's struggle bus, honestly. Uh, so sorry we couldn't do an NMR this week, but we did our Patreon live stream, and I needed my voice just needed like yeah. a break for a minute because I had BravoCon, and we'll get to all of that stuff next week on NMR because I know we have kind of a big case today that we want to get to. But uh, I apologize for my voice. I am literally this is we're recording this the day after <laughs> a four day marathon of BravoCon. I've never and been more tired I feel in my like, life. And how was it? Let's can you just tell us quickly? Was it like a because this is the first one in a couple of years, right? In this person. is the second one we've ever done since 2019 was the first one. Hard oh, to yeah. do it in COVID because, you know, you're spending yeah. so much for tickets. You don't want to take a picture in a mask. You don't want everyone walking no, around in a mask. No, that's true. Like, you, you yeah. don't want that. Um, it was really great. I thought Bravo did an amazing job. There were incredible activations. If you watched Bravo at all this weekend, you probably saw some of my spots on oh. air, which were really fun. Um, but it was for me personally, like amazing, but just like, honestly, I've never been that exhausted in my whole life. Like I would come home and I would just like immediately go to bed. I couldn't do anything else. I didn't have energy, any energy, anything. I had done so much. And to be like on like that. And I'm sure you were being recognized. Did any of our listeners by any chance, Darren, spot you and be like, I love your podcast. I did get a bunch of people saying they love the podcast, which was really, really great. Um, But that's the thing. It's not even just like long work hours. It's that I have to like interview and be on and be screaming. Yeah. Hence the reason my voice is like this. So I have yeah. to just admit right up the top today I'm drinking Gatorade Zero. <laughs> just going to say, in between our little pauses, you guys, she's chugging Gatorade Zero, which she's turned me on to, by the way. I've, I've, Nadine has been so lovely in making me like hot water a lot. Mm-hmm, but um, mm-hmm. today I don't think alcohol is really going to help my voice Definitely at all. Definitely not. Uh, might help you, my mentality. Yeah. but it Yeah, might. that's right. That's right. What are you drinking today? Well, I'm really upset because I ran out of Java House coffee. Okay, that's number me one. Me too. I know. I know. I it's really annoying. I've drank it all. So I was like, let me just run up to the new Starbucks that just opened in my hometown. I'm really pumped about it. Um, I, by the way, would not go to Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. We don't do that in this house. Well, but anyway. Stop ordering your Hazelberry bullshit. Well, and we'll be listen, good. that was Hazel a mistake. <laughs> but so I went to Starbucks. They're out of everything. You know, these uh, new stores, course. you know, people love to go. My hometown's pumped about it. But it's like, you know, you go up there and I, I wanted a pumpkin spice. Mm. And I'll tell you why in a second. With okay. soy milk. I don't love soy milk, but I do love it with a hot latte. Okay. Let me live. Then I ordered a cream cheese pumpkin muffin. A hot muffin. A hot A cream cheese pumpkin muffin. They're out of that. I'm like, okay, so back to the latte. They, they're out of soy milk. They're like, the only uh. the only milk we have is almond milk, which I typically like, like if it's sweetened. I was like, all right, almond milk's good. The whole point was I was going to come back here to my desk, to my studio, and I was going to splash a little bit of um, apple pie baileys into it just to give a really fall flavor well let me just tell you something let me say i took two sips of this almond milk is if that's what they're calling it at starbucks latte oh my god it tastes like dishwater i got home i didn't even finish it i got home and i threw it out into the to the yard i was like so angry so my drink of the week has been thwarted unfortunately but um, next week I'll be back drinking probably Java House again because I'm going to place an order for it. But anyway, 
Darren, you've been running your ass off at BravoCon. How, I mean, how did that go? Did you take Lumi gummies to try to keep yourself in okay, line? Okay, shockingly, it's weird that you said that because I actually did. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Which, which it actually helped me because at the end of the night, even though I was exhausted. Yeah. Like, here's what happened. My adrenaline was just go, go, go for yeah. Honestly, 20 hours every day from Thursday to, to Sunday. It was Thursday? Oh, my God. Yeah, I had to do pre-pro Thursday and start filming on oh. Thursday. But there weren't any fans to interact with, but you're still right. doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're on, And on, sometimes on. when you're doing that, you're not hungry because your adrenaline is, like, just mm. 100% going. And so I kind of had a hard time at night coming mm-hmm. down from it, even though I was exhausted. So it's like I could sleep, but my stomach hurt, and I just wasn't feeling great. So I took Lumi before I went to get to bed because I didn't want to wake up groggy. I didn't want to right. have I didn't want it to be latent. I just wanted to kind of just like calm me down, help me oh sleep God. and also stimulate my hunger a little bit and it did yeah. just that. So it was like Oh my god. Shockingly, it really saved my life. So <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for looming gummies, let me tell you. Microdose gummies, we love it. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose gummies, by the way. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good like Darren was enjoying. I was definitely feeling the right <laughs> amount of good and the right amount of my voice was not yeah, feeling the right amount of good. Though, that's but true. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code SHAKEN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code SHAKEN. If I do say so myself, I think your voice is really cute. I kind of oh. like this raspier, deeper sound. Oh, oh. Listen, if at any point... oh. If at any point you need to take a break, I will take over the whole show. We can call Megan. We could call a listener even. I've been collecting their phone numbers. Like, we can make this work, so don't worry, okay? Yeah, maybe maybe we'll make it a fun listener experience where, like, I say every (laughs) other word. Right, and they fill in the But then Megan, yeah, so it's like weather, looking, true, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And by the way, that is one of our lines here. So let's get right into the show, actually. Let's do it. So since it's, since its launch in 2012, over 65 million matches have been made on the popular dating app Tinder. Did you ever meet a match on Tinder? I yes, mean like I did. like date someone for a long period of time. Your ex, yes, right? Yes, I did. My ex-boyfriend and I met on Tinder. Obviously did not end well. Um no, I'm just kidding. Well, that doesn't I mean, mean though like it's not successful. Like No, for sure. That's no, the thing. like yeah. 65 million matches like that's yeah. a lot of matches but how many of them are gonna end? you know no, for sure I, I still use tinder i'll be honest it's interesting like you know there's so many different dating apps now there's bumble there's hinge there's God, raya. What else? raya if you can make it onto raya if you're famous enough yeah there's all kinds of um different things now but tinder was sort of like you know there was match and okay cupid but they didn't re- they weren't app f- focused like they were sort of websites that made apps later but tinder was kind of like the first real in my opinion like big dating app and uh, yeah i still yeah. use it and i i connect with some folks from time to time let's just put it that way i had two girlfriends come off of tinder so yeah yeah can't really complain about it M- mama has needs and daddy cat you know what yeah, i'm saying absolutely. absolutely well anyway whether they're looking for true love friendship or a night of fun every day millions of people have turned to tinder to help them make a new connection this sounds like an ad it's not it does it's um <laughs> 
But what happens, Darren, when the person on the other end isn't who they say they are? Have you ever been a catfished? catfish? Yeah. I have not been catfished. Okay. Thank God. Although you know there are times it's less with women. I think men do yeah. this more sometimes, yeah. where they'll lie about their height or something mm-hmm. like that. I I've heard people lie about weight height maybe having like Mm. one side i've never really had that but like i know that that happens quite a bit yeah no yeah it does happen i am i've never been catfished on a date but like i know so many people that have and like there have been times where i've gone on a date where i've been like okay you need to update your photos let's just put it that way okay um that's all i'm gonna say no judgment but you know false advertisement anyway when online dating has made it increasingly easy to chat and connect with others, when in the wrong hands, uh, it can lead to disaster. In some cases, Darren, even murder. And Sydney Loof, who was born in Broken Bow, Nebraska. Shout out to anybody who might be listening from there. You think it's Bow or Bow? Broken Bow. Oh, maybe Bow. Because it's probably, I would imagine, A Native, Native American. American. Yeah, I would yeah. think, yeah. I wasn't sure. That's, That's a good asking. one. No, Broken Bow. I like it. On August 20, uh, she was born on August 21st, 1993, to her parents, Susie and George Louvre. Overall, she was described as a happy child who loved spending time outdoors and participating in sports. In high school, a severe curve in her spine began to form, causing her much pain and discomfort. Do you remember those scoliosis checks where you'd have to like bend over? I was just going to ask. I feel like, do they do those still? Because it was always so awkward. It's so weird. I'm like, wait, why am I bending over? (laughs) And also, like, at least in my case, like, it was never like very clear what they were doing. I was like, they were like, we're checking your spine. We're like, for what? Like, I don't, you know, and you tell a middle schooler what scoliosis is. It's like in one ear, out the other. Right, exactly. Well, that's exactly what was happening. Sydney was diagnosed with scoliosis and was forced to quit many of her beloved hobbies like basketball and golf. This took a significant toll on her mental health. And as, you know, Darren, you've been an athlete, you know, you've done a lot of um, physical stuff in your day. And my mom wanted to name me Sydney. That was her like second what? choice for me. That is, was this an al- is this, this an alternate, alternate universe? It was gonna be da- it was Darren. My dad picked it. She wanted Skylar, but if not Skylar, I was, was gonna say I remember Sydney Skylar. with a Y. Like this young lady named after Ooh. the Australian city. So. Yeah, right. Okay, Very interesting. Well, my what I was saying was you know for me you know as an athlete myself and you know I'm a huge of course compassionate or very passionate tennis player. You know, when imagine, especially in high school, when you finally maybe have found something that you're really good at for the first time in your life, and then only for that to be taken away. I mean, such that's a good, a such thing. a mental health release, and then yeah, yeah. of course, I've, that's going to take a toll. And I have a family member who was very, very, very good at sports, and this particular family member started having um, seizures like during his high school days, and he had to sort of cut back on like a lot of his ath- athletic you know, uh, hobbies because of it. And it really was tough for him. So it's a lot. Well, anyway, as she neared graduation, Sydney was very unsure what exactly she wanted to do with her life. When she graduated in 2011, her parents encouraged her to stay home and work a part-time job until she figured it out. So pretty run of the mill situation here. It's unfortunate about the scoliosis, but so far it's a very, Typical, I guess you could say, American lifestyle. Well, also, I think now it's important to mention that college isn't for everybody, and it's really yeah. an expensive endeavor. So sometimes huh. it is important to take, yeah, it's well, important to take the time sometimes and figure out if, even if what you want to do requires college or if that's a good thing, because it's not for everybody, and nor should it be. I love that you said that, because moments before we started recording today, I applied for 
student debt relief program via the yeah, Biden administration. Yeah, I bet. I don't even think I qualify. It's a long story, but um, yeah, that for anyone who needs to hear that, uh, the loan application submission portal is now live. So go apply for your relief. Well, Sydney <laughs> began working at the local grocery store, uh, Menards, where she remained an employee for six years. On November 16th, 2017, Sydney failed to show up for her scheduled shift. Sydney was known to be incredibly reliable, and as a long-term employee, this did not sit well with her manager. After calling Sydney's phone and getting sent straight to voicemail, the manager decided to call the Lou family to see if her parents had any information. Always a little scary when something goes to voicemail, in my I, opinion. Totally, and this is, I'm just kind of smirking right now because I remember you just recently told the story about you were in a meeting or something, and Andy was like and calling like, your I, family I, looking yeah. for you. <laughs> And I was like, I'm literally just not picking up because I'm you're like, I'm on the other line. Like, it's not that serious. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sydney's parents have not heard from her since the day before. A decision was made to call the police and officially report her missing. This phone call would only be the beginning of an investigation that nobody could have possibly predicted. Two days before she was reported missing on November 14th, Sydney had gone on a date with a woman she met on Tinder named Audrey. Oh. Mm. Oh. 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 Another oh. similarity. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I never went on with Audrey, but I might be into right. going on a date right. with two women. <laughs> right. Finding right. love as a member of the LGBTQ plus community in a conservative state like Nebraska mm. obviously had proven to be quite a challenge. But after her first date with Audrey, Sydney was smitten. She shared her excitement with friends, although didn't give much detail about Audrey herself. It's, it's had, new. It's early. You know, I get that. You don't really know that much, you know? Yeah. Sydney had simply said that Audrey had picked her up. They drove around for a while, smoked some marijuana to get oh. to know each other. Is this oh. my life? Is this, is this my life? This is the, the, at the end of this episode, by the way, we're like, by the way, this is you. Your whole right. life has been a lie. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it probably is. Yeah. She would go on to tell friends that they hit it off so well that Audrey had invited her to spend the night in her apartment. You haul people? Uh, thank she, you. Which she hesitantly had to decline due to a shift at Menard's the next day. Instead, they planned a second date the following night. And let me just tell you. Yeah, go Because ahead. I feel like heterosexuals don't really understand this. <laughs> because there's always those that. rules of being like, we got to wait three days. Or yeah. like, I'll see you next week. Like, lesbians uh -huh. are not like this. Lesbians are like, if I had a great time with you, I want to see you in about five minutes. Like, Listen. I want to see you the next day. Let's get the next date going. Let's go. That's it. hundred percent. Listen, and let me say this for the gay men, you know, right. similar in that, you know, I think for gay men, there's a, there's this standard where it's like almost like a hookup culture where most people hook up before they even go on a real date and, 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 and then they, or know their names. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it so is a very different, in a different thing. Timeline. Gays we're are in a different thing. Different time. We're in a different time. We're in the twilight zone, people. We're in the bylight zone. Well, not to yeah, exactly, the bylight zone. Not to go on about this, but I did just recently have a conversation with a straight male friend of mine and he was talking about marriage and all the pressures he feels of being and I'm like I was telling him, you know, for gay people, especially our generation, Darren, I feel like because we didn't see it represented on television and in movies and whatever, we've sort of had to carve out our own rules and ambitions when it comes yeah. to relationships. And I think that is actually a more healthy way to do it. It serves your needs and your interests more than, say, I don't know, religion or family investments. Even, you know, I think there's even something to talk about with biological clocks, which I know is a big thing with straight relationships. Definitely. You know, so a lot of that is to be considered for those of you who may not have a gay friend. Although if you're listening to the show, 
Come on. How do you not get a gay friend? Yeah. Get a gay friend. If, and if you don't, then it's us. Okay. Right. But anyway, let's get back to the show here. The following day, Sydney woke up and went into work for her shift. At approximately 6 p.m., CCTV caught Sydney leaving the store shortly after she had clocked out. Now, CCTV being, of course, uh, closed circuit Cat- TV. Yeah, closed close circuit, yeah. Whatever it might be. Um, <clears throat> essentially, the cameras picked up that she had left. Um, she then drove home and began getting ready for her date with Audrey. Darren, do you happen to know any Audreys? We should maybe clarify that. I don't. Not any personal relationship. Okay. No. Just checking in about that. Were you going to say something else? I kind of interrupted no. you. Okay. No. Oh, all right. Well, before leaving for the night, she shared a Snapchat story. Now, not often do you hear us talking about Snapchat on this show. A lot of our episodes are kind of We're older. a little too old. Yeah, little exactly. Old. It was a smiling photo of herself, and the caption read, quote, ready for my date. Okay. This post, um, however, tragically, would be the last time anyone would ever see or hear from Sydney. Upon learning this information, investigators immediately began trying to figure out who Audrey was. Right, I would be too. Yeah. Sydney herself was still in the process of getting to know this woman, so there hadn't been a lot of details shared with friends or family, giving investigators very little to go off of. I don't know if I told you this. I think I did on Martinis and Murder, but that I went, I was going on like a date once with a woman I met on Tinder, I want to say, and she wasn't a drinker. She wanted to smoke. So she was like, come over to my apartment. And then I gave Andy the address. Yes. I was was just going here because I was like, need the police to come quick. And of course, this was before you knew me because otherwise you would have sent it to me. Right. Yeah, no, you have the yeah. same sway with the police department as Andy Cohen. <laughs> as for Andy sure, Cohen. for sure. Oh, that's a good point. Certain that's influence. That. Certain influence. That's why I, I was right. like, it's going to get solved. This right. is getting no, solved. No, that's true. Andy will solve it. Not only Andy, but a, a legion of housewives could help exactly. solve it. Exactly. Well, anyway, on November 17th, a wellness check was performed by police. They arrived at Sydney's apartment to find her car still in the driveway. Inside, they found her purse, her wallet, and car keys Um, I'm sorry, inside they found her purse, but her wallet and car keys appeared to be missing. Hmm. Other than that, everything in the home was perfectly in order. And this discovery leads investigators to a daunting conclusion. If Sydney had not planned on leaving, someone must have forced her, which is the sad reality about this kind of scene here at the home. Well, police were able to track Sydney's cell phone near Wilbur, Nebraska, nearly 40 miles away from her apartment in Lincoln, before it seemingly was shut off. Without a full name or exact location for Audrey, investigators were at a loss. While the police were stuck, one of Sydney's friends took matters into her own hands. Brooklyn McChrystal, great name, came Love up it. with a plan to go on Tinder herself, set the exact specification Sydney had on her Tinder, and swipe until she found love Audrey's this. profile. Love, love this, this fucking sleuthness. Hello. I love a digital sleuth who knows love how to it. set a location on Tinder. Like, yes, Brooklyn, get it. Well, amazingly, she was successful. Oh, my and God. And Audrey matched with Brooklyn, and the two began chatting. <gasps> Brooklyn, oh can you imagine this? Oh, my Brooklyn God. Brooklyn traded numbers with Audrey and then immediately handed the information over to the police, finally giving them the break they needed to continue their investigation. I mean. Listen. To their surprise, this is why it's important <laughs> to have smart friends. To their surprise, exactly. the number wasn't registered under an Audrey, mm-hmm. but rather under the name Bailey Boswell. Mm. Bailey was a 23-year-old living in Wilbur, Nebraska, with her boyfriend, 51-year-old Aubrey Trail. Okay. Not only so was their apartment. Yep. 
uh, sorry, alarmingly no, close ahead. to the last pinged location on Sydney's phone, but Aubrey's name was incredibly close to the name used on the fake, fake profile. Yeah, I was just going to clarify that. So, yeah, we have Audrey, who is actually Bailey Boswell, but her right. boyfriend's name is Aubrey. Okay. That's right. Every, for Audrey everyone listening. and Aubrey. Yes. Exactly. So originally Sorry from, if my voice can't uh No, your voice was great. The difference, yeah. Okay. No, your voice is great. How is your voice? Let's check in. How is it? We're good. No, we're, we're good. good. We're moving right along. Right. Chug right your along. Gatorade. I'm going to take over now. Originally from Iowa, Bailey had come from a troubled background. Her father was murdered when she was very young, and as she grew into her teenage years, she began experimenting with drugs and hanging out hanging around questionable crowds. This continued into her adulthood as she fell further into a life of drug abuse and crime. Now, Aubrey and Bailey first met through uh, Backpages, which is a website commonly used for sex work. So right. there's that. No shame against that. Aubrey reached out after seeing her post uh, looking for, quote, a sugar daddy in the local area, end quote, and thus began their relationship. Listen, you know, we hear about all this stuff on Craigslist, and God only knows where you do can get things thing. like that. Yeah, do your yeah. thing, exactly. As long as you're not hurting anyone, right? Well, anyway, Bailey was not the only woman in Aubrey's life. He had a whole circle of women at his submission and referred to himself as the Vampire Sugar Daddy. Oh, yeah. Which, let's be honest, is probably going to be the name of this episode. I'm going to be very honest with you right now. That well, or the he, name of your memoir. That's right. Yes, that's right. Or the name of your epitaph. There's a Can lot I going on. Exactly. Can I pause for one second? Because guess what? I need to tell everybody about Bath and Body Works. This is not oh, an ad. This is I not mean. an ad. Because it's called Vampire Sugar Daddy, I have to tell you, the best scent, which I used to call flavors, and then everybody on the show yep. told me it's called a scent. The best scent <laughs> that Bath and Body Works makes is called Vampire Blood. And it is, is that what it is? Uh, vampire I blood. Guess. Yes, vampire blood. I, it is so deliciously, it's, I, I would drink this bottle of hand sanitizer if I, if I could. If you were drinking it, then it would be a flavor. Then it would be a flavor. But if you're smelling it, it's a scent. I'm exactly. Just, thank you. I appreciate you clarifying that. I got you. I did I need to you. hear that, so thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I just want everyone to know, this is not an ad. I, you know how I am. If, if there's a product, I'm trying it. So there you go. By the way, and then I posted about this on Instagram, and everyone's like, oh, my God, I have that candle. And I'm like, excuse me, there's candles? Oh, God. If you guys know more about this, hit me up on, on Instagram. But let's get back to this story because I'm derailing this. So we've got Vampire Sugar Daddy Aubrey, okay? He called these women that he, you know, kind of kept in his life witches, his witches. And Bailey, Darren, was the queen witch of them Love all. Love it. Okay. okay. Not the queen consort, you know, like Camila now is. She, This woman is the queen witch, so right. there's that. So long as his witches followed a list of specific rules, they'd be awarded a weekly allowance of $200. Okay, I mean, depends on what these rules are. I think we're going to get to that. At first, these rules were harmless things, such as referring to him as daddy, um, refusing to speak to other men, and checking in with him every few hours. By the way, these are the terms I have for Darren as well. Oh um, yeah, no, no. This is these. You and R. Kelly have the same have the rules, same set vibes. of rules. Yes, absolutely. Well, well, these rules, while a bit non-traditional, were ultimately harmless, and everyone involved was consenting to the exchange. All true, and if they yeah. were consenting, then they're consenting. Yeah, I mean, so far it's harmless, right? Well, approaching the fall of 2017, Aubrey's rules began to take a dark turn as he began expressing 
much more sinister desires. He began telling his witches that in order to gain true magical powers, they had to witness and breathe in someone's final breath. Oh, Lord. Very disturbing. Naturally, this frightened many of the women, and they abandoned abandoned Aubrey's coven. It's very much, yeah, it's definitely a coven in the sense that there's witch and paranormal type of stuff. But cult coven. I was just going to say, this is more of a cult than anything Or like else. a sex fetish. I can't really tell yet. Right, but right. But Aubrey's lengthy record of fraud and theft piqued the attention of investigators enough to pursue him as a possible lead in Sydney's disappearance. They tracked down the apartment that belonged to the couple. But when officers arrived, the apartment was completely empty. Oh my God. They noted that part of the wall appeared damaged and smelled as if it had been wiped down with a strong cleaning agent. Mm. The landlord of the building informed police there had been a strong scent of bleach emanating from their apartment since the 16th, which was the day after Sydney's disappearance. Mm. Can I say one thing? I would be a really good detective for this because I love cleaning products. You could you could say um, you were like that's Lysol power wash too. A hundred percent. I could literally do that, and I'm not kidding. I love cleaning products. The smell of people think bleach is terrible. I love it. It gives me a sense of security. Keep going. Well, this kind of is like you know strong sense of something like yeah. that. I mean, that's part of the reason Dahmer was a uh, you know kind of a shady neighbor because yeah, he had a right. strong scent. Now what bleach? But uh, yeah. on November twenty eighth, Bailey Boswell and Aubrey Trail were both declared persons of interest. While the search for Bailey and Aubrey began, some chilling CCTV footage was apprehended from local businesses. It appeared that on the day of Sydney's first date with Audrey, mm-hmm. Aubrey had actually come to Maynard's while Sydney was working. The two crossed paths briefly as he entered the store and Sydney left. Inside the market, Aubrey purchased a container of bleach. Later that night, Aubrey and Bailey checked into a hotel not far from Sydney's apartment, left a few hours later, and did not return. Okay, the so this is all, listen, we've see, we see all this on the footage, on the camera footage. Right. So right. it's really hard to, to go against this. Not implying any guilt necessarily, but the following day, only hours before the second date, Aubrey and Bailey were both spotted at Home Depot in Lincoln. There, they purchased an array of peculiar items. A hacksaw, a foldable table saw, 40-gallon trash bags, a utility knife, and two containers of bleach. You know, all these years we've done these shows and we hear about, like, footage of people who, you know, like I remember the show on Oxygen called Buried in the Backyard. Oh, yeah. People would go and just buy everything that you need. I mean, maybe it's because I work in this in this genre, but if I see someone walking out of like a Walmart or a Home Depot with these things, I'm immediately asking questions. Well, but like you know, people who do this like construction and or like a huge cleanup job for stuff like that, like it's not True. crazy to think about that. But oh, it's funny you were gonna say buried in the backyard because when you were mentioning the coffee you bought and how it was so bad, you threw mm-hmm. it in the backyard. I almost said buried in the backyard. I that's there you go exactly. Yeah. My Starbucks pumpkin spice latte has been buried in my backyard. Anyway, so after being on the run for 10 days, and by the way, you have to kind of wonder, like, did they know that, like, the police would be on to them? Especially because, you know, the best friend was on Tinder and and setting things up. But after being on the run for 10 days, the two learned that the police officially declared them persons of interest. In a seeming attempt at a backlash to the authorities, the couple shared a video to Sydney's Facebook page where they declared their innocence in her disappearance. Jesus. Bailey stated that on the night of November 15th, she and Sydney had their second date where they drove around, smoked, and simply hung out. Well, how are you going around on another date if you're dating this other guy? Like, what's going on there, Bailey? Well, she claimed that at the end of the night, Sydney requested to be dropped off at a friend's house rather than her home. 
According to Bailey, she then dropped, sit, dropped off Sydney and never saw her again. The couple ended the video by expressing their sympathies to the Loof family and stating their hope that Sydney is found safely. Now, keep in mind, they're they're being hunted, but are like wishing the family well on Facebook. Like this is <laughs> right. This is social media at its worst, I would say. Apparently unnerved by the comments on the first video accusing the pair of harming Sydney, Aubrey later went on to make a second video further expressing his innocence. In this video, he stated, quote, I'm a crook. I'm a thief. I have been all my life. OK, but I'm not what you're trying to make me out to be. End quote. Well, oh. OK. Okay. Well, on November 30th, officials were able to successfully track down Aubrey and Bailey to a motel in Branson, Missouri, where they were arrested. Without a body or any direct evidence of foul play, police could not arrest them for anything related to Sydney's disappearance or suspected murder. Instead, they were arrested for previous crimes of fraud just so investigators could finally get them into custody. You hear about this often, right? Like, especially sure. with people who are... On the We're going to get them for something else. To yeah, of, exactly. Yeah. I feel like whenever um, Brian, what's his face from the Gabby Petito laundry. story, Laundry, I feel like they were trying to like get him for something unrelated because they weren't able to prove it just to kind of get him into custody, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So while the suspects were, or, excuse me, while the suspects in her disappearance had been apprehended, authorities still had no leads as to Cindy's actual whereabouts. Remember, there's no body. They don't know where she's been. Nothing. And, and with, you know, we've got Snapchat. We, you know, this is a very modern case, very recent case. They we still don't even know if there have been foul play. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So even after they had been caught, Aubrey and Bailey still insisted they had nothing to do with her disappearance. But unconvinced, police tracked their cell phones to see where exactly they had been and began searching the route for any evidence or worst case scenario, Sydney's remains. By the way, we should mention cell phone data at this point is a very different thing than it was, say, in the 1999 uh, wrongful conviction of Adnan Syed. Okay. Correct. All right. There we Correct. go. Correct. Yeah. yeah. There's there's GPS now. We got this. Anyway, after following the trail of pinged cell phone locations for several days, on December 4th, the Loof's family's excuse me, Loof family's worst nightmare was proven true. The phone data collected directed authorities to a spot where Aubrey and Bailey had stopped in the middle of the night uh, of the, um, excuse me, stopped in the middle of the Nebraska highway. I have no idea why I said in the middle of the night. No, 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 it's fine. Um, yeah, which is not good. Stopping Definitely in the middle not. of the Nebraska highway doesn't seem great. Right. After only a few minutes of searching, police were able to locate a black trash bag. Inside were pieces of Sydney's dismembered body. This mm. trash bag would be the first of 13 different body parts that would be discovered scattered along the highway, mm. all belonging to the missing 23-year-old. Remember, they bought all those big trash bags. Right. Forensics suggested that each cut was made with a finely toothed saw, similar to the one Aubrey and Bailey were seen buying the day Sydney was last seen. Along with the body parts, numerous other pieces of evidence were collected, such as tarps, torn pajamas, trash bags, bleached bed sheets, several sex toys, wire, and rubber gloves. It doesn't seem like this couple really hid the body that well. No. Like, throw it all in the river. Why are you throwing it on the side of a highway? Like, it's going to get fucking found. Yeah, right. On two separate highways, investigators found items that had previously been missing from Sydney's purse, her driver's license and credit card, as well as her car keys. Mm. I'm laughing only because it seems like... the so like, girl, cut up the driver's license or something. Like, well, you're going right. to leave it? Like, Jesus. Each designated crime scene fit perfectly into the trail of ping cell phone locations left by the two suspects. 
Despite evidence piling up against the pair, they continued to vehemently deny any involvement for several more weeks. On January 24th, 2018. Hey, what was I doing? John Thrasher's birthday. Mm -hmm. um, Aubrey let his guard down during a cell phone, during a phone call, excuse me, while being held in federal prison. During the phone call, he said, I will say I'm accountable for it. The reason for it will all come out, end quote. Aubrey went on to insist that Bailey Hmm. had nothing to do with it, and he was the sole person responsible for Sydney's death. Okay, so they went from, I'm not the guy you're trying to make me out to be, that Suddenly, he's the only one involved. Yeah, we've we've see, we've heard this story so before. Nice try. Right. Over the next few months, Aubrey's story changed nearly every time he told it. At first, Not good. yeah. At first, he claimed that he was the only person involved in Sydney's killing. Then he stated that her death was an accident. Next, he told detectives that Bailey was also present when Sydney died because the three were having sex. Aubrey then informs police that he got paid to make pornographic videos for different kinks and fetishes, one of which being choking. He stated that after paying Sydney to be featured in one of his movies, he accidentally killed her. Which, Which listen, you do hear this. Like a snuff film. Yeah, exactly. But you usually kill them in snuff films, so I don't, yeah. yeah. Well, despite remaining firm in his claim that the death was an accident, Aubrey still could not explain what exactly he purchased, why exactly he purchased the hacksaw and other materials for the day Sydney was missing. Right. Listen, okay, all of this may be somewhat believable in some sense, but if you're buying all these products on top of it on the exact same day, it's a little sus. Okay. A little sus. While the investigation into Sydney's murder continued, both Aubrey and Bailey would begin their respective trials for the various other crimes that they had committed. Both had been charged with transporting stolen goods over state lines and fraud. These charges alone carried a possible sentence of 30-plus years in jail. Both Aubrey and Bailey uh, pled not guilty to the theft charges, but guilty to the fraud charges. Finally, after months of questioning and analyzing evidence, Aubrey and Bailey were formally charged with first-degree murder and improper disposal of human remains on June 11, 2018. I mean, this is literally just a few years ago. The state announced that they plan to seek capital punishment for both defendants due to the maliciousness of the crime. Which, right, as a reminder, they were she was hacked up and put into garbage bags and left on the side of the road. That's not like an accident occurred here. No, that's intentional. In the second week of his trial, Aubrey made a public suicide attempt at the beginning of the court proceedings. While the judge is calling the court into order, Aubrey stood up and yelled, "Bailey is innocent. I curse you all." before stabbing himself in the neck with a sharp object. Oh, boy. This attempt on his own life was unsuccessful, and the trial proceeded without him as he, re- as he recovered from his self-inflicted injury. Later in the trial, several previous members of the so-called vampire sex cult took the stand as character witnesses. It was their testimony that destroyed the defense's claim that Sidney's death was unintentional. Hmm. One of the witches, named Ashley Hills, shared her disturbing experiences while living with Aubrey and Bailey during her time in the cult. She described Abby as a master manipulator who preyed upon young, mentally unstable women. Mm. She identified Bailey as a second in command in regard to the hierarchy within her cult, within the cult, excuse me, and testified that the two would often share their fantasies about murder and harming others. Mm. Ashley claimed that at one point she was ordered to kill another witch, a witch named Anastasia Golikova. Golikova. Goliakova. Goliakova, maybe? Goliakova? 
Oh, Goliakova. Uh, Listen, I, I like professional tennis, so I've got a lot of these crazy names. Yeah, that's true. In my head. <laughs> but doesn't Goliakova sound more right? Yeah, Goliakova. <laughs> yeah, or Goliakova. It's hard to say exactly how you would pronounce it. Well, Aubrey told Ashley that Anastasia wasn't evil enough to be one of his witches, and in order to maintain her position, she would have to kill her. Remember, oh, take wonderful. the last breath. Right, right, right. He told Ashley that once the murder was completed, she'd be granted magical powers, but to grow even more powerful, she would have to torture the victim for two to three hours before taking her life. Mm. Jesus. Anastasia herself also took the stand to verify Ashley's claims. Wow. I mean, you know, really quickly before we wrap up this, the end of this crazy story is like, one of the things about cults that is so interesting to me and why, and I know you love cults too, Darren, in terms of like understanding yeah. the psychology, I mean, um, is that, you know, like this, this guy's saying you can, you can get magical powers and people are believing him. Like Isn't it makes me worried about how susceptible a standard, maybe average, I guess you could say human mind is because, Wow. I don't know. I'm not trying to say I'm above any of this, but I think it would be really hard for me to, you know, do anything and inflict this kind of harm and then say I'm trying to get magical powers. And I'm a huge Marvel fan. So saying that is a big deal. Um, well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal for yeah. Johnny Boy right Thank there. You. Well, anyway, the trial ended on July 11th, 2019, after which time the jury deliberated for roughly four hours before finding Aubrey guilty of first degree murder. Bailey Boswell's trial began on September 25th, 2018, after she too pled not guilty to the charge of first-degree murder. At her own trial, Bailey never once claimed that Sydney's death had been an accident, but rather that she had been forced to participate in the cult, painting herself as another one of Aubrey's victims. I mean, it is it does seem to be that, you know, he's this ringleader and everyone else is just following his direction. I mean, I yeah. will give Bailey that, if nothing else. Well, Ashley Hills and Anastasia Goliakova, or Goliakova, were brought to the stand yet again to testify against Bailey. Both claimed that she was just as bloodthirsty and dangerous as Aubrey, and they believed she was perfectly capable of the crimes being accused. They again spoke of the women's murder—excuse uh, me, <laughs> they again spoke of the couple's murderous fantasies and disturbing commands for the so-called witches— on October 14th, 2020, we're well into the pandemic at this point, after three and a half hours of deliberation, the jury found her guilty of first-degree murder. With two successful convictions, the court now deliberated on sentencing each defendant. Aubrey requested a new trial, claiming that since he wasn't present due to his suicide attempt, that the trial was not fair. This, uh, eh, I don't know about that. This was denied by the court, who also went, eh... Right. Um, seeing how his reason for being absent was of his own doing. That's exactly Correct. what I was going to say. On June 9th, 2021, Aubrey Trail was sentenced to death by lethal injection. As of October 2022, where we are today, he still sits on death row awaiting his execution. Bailey, too, requested a new trial, claiming that the jury members were biased because they were locals to the area where the crime had been committed. This motion was eh, denied by the court. Yeah. <laughs> on November denied. Yeah, denied. On November 8th, to, uh, 2021, the panel of three judges sentenced Bailey Boswell to life in prison, narrowly avoiding, avoiding being the first woman in Nebraska history to be sentenced to death. And she is currently being held at the Saline County Jail, where she will remain for the rest of her natural-born life. 
So listen, it's Halloween. We've got witches. We've got vampire sugar daddies. We've got lesbians. We got, got lesbians. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, it's a really tragic story. I mean, you know, a lot of this, you know, in in a sense, it's their silver lining is that these people were brought to justice because, listen, especially in the middle of Nebraska, I feel like it's so easy to do this, you know, what this terrible stuff that happened to this woman. Um, and get away with it because maybe there aren't as many cameras. There's tons of places to bury a body and get rid of a body. So just looking knowing, the, yeah, go looking ahead. Looking at the images of everything, sorry, it's just yeah. like them looking through the cornfields and everything. Oh lord, yeah, it's very Nebraska, middle America. Yeah, very. It's just sad. Yeah, yeah, that's that's tough. But let's end on a positive note, John, and I that's want right. you to take the first listener, listener shout, out. shout out let's get right into it darren i recently dropped the ball on a recent episode and forgot to give a very special birthday shout out to one of our most loyal listeners Brittany goodman happy 26th birthday Brittany! we hope you had an amazing birthday on october 8th and this is me making up for forgetting actually i didn't happy, forget but anyway you're just a dick I'm happy just birthday Brittany Goodman, belated birthday. I hope it was amazing. <laughs> 26 was an awesome age. Mm-hmm. Don't go into some lesbian sex cult or Listen, become a don't, witch. Don't, don't do that. That's my piece of advice. Yeah. J.S. Conley in our Facebook group was at the Disney. <sighs> <laughs> Hold on. The entire reason I gave you this listener shout nope. out is because I wanted you to try to pronounce this. Oogie Boogie Halloween Bash <laughs> at Disney the same time you were at Universal, oh, John. God. And J.S. Conley says, quote, LOL, but I can totally relate to the pain at the end of the day from walking, standing in lines at 37. I'm too old for these shenanigans. How about not going to the (laughs) Oogie Boogie Halloween bash in the first place? I just want you to know. I digress. Nope. I digress. I'm digressing. Okay. Okay. You're digressing. I do want to just say Oogie Boogie is one of the characters from Nightmare Before Christmas. And if you don't know who that is, that I is your problem. I know the Oogie Boogie Man, and I know, yes. because when you right. open him up, he's filled with bugs, and I had him because I got him oh. as a Hanukkah gift one year. So oh. I know. Oh. All right, well, damn, you just put me in my place. Yeah. Well. Speaking of Halloween, you guys, and by the way, J.S. Conley, thank you for sympathizing with me. And it, having me pronounce fucking And having Oogie Darren Boogie pronounce it. Halloween bash. Very much worth it, absolutely. Speaking of Halloween, Darren, we have two new merch designs live in our merch store right now. Yes, we have our Halloween limited edition t-shirt, which says pumpkins, which witches, which uh, brings on a whole new meaning after <laughs> That's this episode. True, yeah. Ghosts and True Crime Shows is available on, until October 31st. Get it now. You can also get it on a hoodie, sticker, a phone case, a pillow, a coffee mug, whatever you want, but it is only available until October 31st at 11.59 That's right. It's super limited edition. We'll be doing more of these in the future. The other one is our Thanksgiving design, which is also a limited edition, which says, TBH, the only thing I'm thankful for are my true crime shows, which I feel like so many of us can relate to. This is live now and will be available for purchase until December 1st. And just like the other one, you can put this on any piece of merch that you like, pillows, phone cases, mugs, masks, whatever you want. It's amazing. Also, we announced our Patreon Superfan gift mm-hmm. giveaway. If you are at the Superfan tier on Patreon, we are sending you our annual free gift as a thank you to subscribing. That's right. And you're actually getting two gifts. One yes. kind of made by me and the other one very made by Darren. It's going to be really exciting. Check your Patreon inbox and post page if you're already a Superfan subscriber on how to opt in uh, to receive your gift. And you have until October 31st uh, at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time 
one more week from the time that this episode drops. So go get it. And if you want the gifts but haven't signed up yet, you're in luck. You just need to sign up as a super fan and opt in before October 31st at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard mm-hmm. Time, and you're set. Yeah, yeah, truly. All links for Patreon can be found in our show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash shakenanddisturbed, all one word. There of course, and- we have to end the episode thinking our beloved witch, in our, we are in her coven. <laughs> she is my witch of all witches. We have to thank yeah. Megan. One, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Megan. By and the way, we'll see I, you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say before we sign off, I want to say that Megan, um, we tasked Megan with coming up with some or researching some uh, Halloween ish centric uh, shows. And I think she really pulled an interesting one out this week. So thanks. You extra thanks to megan for this one. yes and we're getting we're getting closer to uh mm-hmm. spooky season spooky and being season. halloween so right. we'll see you next week as we inch closer darren halloween. good luck with your voice okay sweetie we'll talk soon <sighs> go on vocal reps we need it thank you i right. love you love you bye everybody. Bye.